Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Now I want you to think about this overall picture here. The Israelites had sinned. They sinned big time. They worshiped Baal. They really provoked God's wrath, made God angry, and they sinned their way all the way into being dragged away. They had lost their identity as a people. They had lost their relationship with God. But God made them a promise. We serve a God of restoration. That's the title of this sermon, Nehemiah 7, the God of restoration. They were lost beyond lost, did wicked beyond wicked, bad beyond bad. But God said, I promise to bring you to a place if you will turn to me. So he made, the Lord made sure their records remained intact. You know how Nehemiah says, so I went to the records. Well, that's easy for, easy for us to think about. They didn't have internet and, and backups in case something got lost. Where did these records just come from? The Lord God kept those records intact because he always had the intention of bringing the Israelites back again, and those records needed to stay around somewhere for 70 years. And God made sure they found it. So after seeing Jerusalem fall, and the Israelites were dragged off as exiles, it would have left them feeling totally hopeless. Our home is destroyed. We're way over here in some foreign land. What what can we have to look forward to? But God had told Jeremiah to write down a promise in a book that God had promised to bring Israel back again. And Jeremiah 30, verse 3, he told him, you write this down. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. You're going to come back. I will make it happen. You know, I'm thinking the hopelessness of 70 years, what it could do to you. You're thinking, man, we messed up so bad. We don't even have the ability to come back. God says, don't worry. I will cause it. I will cause you to come back. You don't worry about that. That's my work. You know, how amazing our God that after all the terrible things that they had done, that God would still want to keep his promise of hope with these people. I'm thinking to myself, of all the bad things that I have done, that God would still care to leave a promise of hope of restoration, salvation for me, after all the things I've done wrong. God still wanted his promise of hope, and he wanted it to be written down so that the exiles could be able to read it so that they would always have hope. Friends, the reason why God puts his promises in this Word of God Bible that most Christians aren't reading is because he wants you to have hope. He wants you to look in here and go, oh, there's hope in here. 
Instead of seeing all the crazy stuff going on out there in the world, he wants you to get into what he has written so that you will have hope. So look at all the work God did through Nehemiah, through all these these events to bring his people back. The Lord God restored all of them. He placed every one of them back where they should have been all along. The lands that was allocated to them where they should have been, he brought them back not just to any city, but to the place he promised to put them. So friends, just like Israel had sinned, all of us have sinned too. Israel is quite a good example for us to look at. Not just all those Israelites, man, they're such a mess. No, they're us to look at as an example. They had sinned. All of us had sinned, and it caused us to be dragged away as captives just like them. I know it's sad hearing the story about Israel getting dragged off as captives to the Babylonians, but you and I sinned, and we got dragged away too. We got dragged away from where we should be. In Proverbs 5.22, it says, His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. We all had our own Babylonian captivity. We all got dragged off. But even though we've sinned, God has always had the intention of restoring us back again. In fact, he had his promise written down so that we could always have hope. So us exiles that were off and lost would always have this written in the word to be able to look at and have hope. Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever is whoever. For those of you who are listening to me, know you're, Ray, I, I've sinned way too bad. You don't know what I've done. You don't know. Uh, Ray, I've sinned too bad. It's too terrible. God will never take me. The, ver, the, the verse says, whoever, whoever, if you're a whoever and you are a whoever, you call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. That is your hope written down for you to have. So today we read that Israel dwelt in their cities the cities that they were supposed to be in the whole time. Do you see what God did? We serve the God of Israel, who is also the God of restoration. So let's look at the process of all the work that had been done here. Nehemiah, he chose trusted men to do the work of securing the people's homeland so that they could have a place to come back to. But the men he chose, they had to have a good track record. You can't just pick anybody to do this work. It's got to be somebody that has a demonstrated, proven life of dedication to do that work. Father God sent his only son, Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus Christ to do the work of securing our homeland, which is eternal life with Father God in heaven. And not just anybody could do this work. So the Father sent Jesus Christ, who had a perfect track record, who had a demonstrated, proven life of dedication. In fact, Jesus' track record was so perfect that it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Friends, Jesus had the absolute perfect life of zero sin. He's the only one that could do this work to secure our place for exiles like us who got lost, 
lost their relationship, lost their identity, lost the place where they should have been. We were gone for a long time. He sent Jesus with a perfect track record to secure a place for us exiles to come back home again and be restored. He delivered Israel from their captivity, and he brought them back home where they belong. Jesus Christ has delivered us from our captivity to bring us back to where we need to be, back home. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He moved us back over. He says, you're not supposed to be over there, and you're supposed to be over here with me. Now, I'm so glad that there was this specific mention of these returned exiles that had no record of their ancestry. They had no way to trace them. They were lost. We don't know who you are. We don't know how you fit. We don't know if there's a place for you whatsoever. I'm glad these people were mentioned because that's me in this story. The lost beyond lost, who are you? We don't know where you fit. (laughs) That's me in this story. I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. And so the Bible calls me the foreigner. I'm the foreigner, the guy way out there. We don't know who or where or nothing you are. You're the foreigner, the Gentile. I have had no direct claim to any inheritance at all. That's why they had to figure out who these people were. The, the, we have everybody in their, in, in their cities, but who are you? We don't know who you are. Where do you fit? Where do you... Spiritually speaking, me, the Gentile, the foreigner, I have no direct claim to any inheritance at all, not of myself. My records were lost because I was lost. Who are you, Ray? Where do you fit? I want you to see this, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, the foreigner, the guy that was lost, beyond lost, records gone, all traces erased, even that Gentile guy like me gets an inheritance too. Wow. Friends, I'm not only am I a sinner who fell away captive, not only am I a sinner, but double trouble. I'm a Gentile. I'm not even Jewish. I don't have those direct promises, right? The Bible calls me a foreigner. Now, I know we've been reading about Israelite sinners, but I'm not even an Israelite and I'm a sinner. Okay. (laughs) I'm like those guys that had no ancestral record. And so they didn't know what to do with them. They were sitting there just like, so what about us? Where do we go? Where do we fit? These guys had nothing that gave them any right to enter in. And as a Gentile, plus the fact that I'm a sinner, I had absolutely no right to ask God if I could enter into eternal life, the place that I lost all rights to when I sinned. I lost it all. All records gone. Who are you, the lost foreigner that I have been? But I want you to remember, what did they do for these lost people? How did they go about resolving what to do with these lost people? It says they asked the Lord if they could enter in through the ministering of a priest. 
You people are all lost. We don't know what to do. You can't come in yet, but let's ask God through a priest. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Friends, because of Jesus, even us sinful, lost exiles who lost our entire record, our entire righteous entitlement that we lost, even we Gentiles are allowed to enter in because we can ask the God of Israel, the God of restoration, if we can come in through our high priest, Jesus Christ. And then he can determine if we can come in or not. And we already read that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So I love the fact that these guys that were lost are specifically mentioned because, guys, that's me. And that's you. So, friends, I want you to look at all the work that God did to bring his people back. This was God's redemptive story, his God's redemptive work to restore his people back again. Now, let's think about it one more time. Israel sinned. They sinned bad for a long time. Hello, that's me. And they were dragged away for it. They lost their identity as a people. They lost their relationship with God. Can you imagine how hopeless they would have felt having lost all of this? So God saw to it personally to have Jeremiah make a record written in a book that God would promise to bring them back home again. I will bring you back. That's what God says about us. Friends, because of sin, we have been dragged away as as captives of sin. We lost our identity in our sin. We lost our identity as a people. We lost our relationship with God. We were foreign. We were lost. We were way out there. But this is not a hopeless situation for anyone because God saw to it to have it written in his book that God promised to bring us back home again. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be, not might be. There's a promise. That's the promise that, kept, that us captive sinners can take hope in this promise because there are two important words in that promise that we just read, and the words are whoever and will. Whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever means Jew or Gentile alike. And will means that it is a promise. It's not a maybe. You don't have to go to sleep at night wondering if you're saved or not if you have genuinely repented of your sins out of your captivity and give your life to the Lord. You know you will be saved. That's, that helps me sleep at night. Well, this is why we call it the gospel, because gospel means itself. It means good news. This is good news. Can you imagine if God was like, no, you're too far, you're too lost, there's no records, it's destroyed, any right to any entitlement at all on your behalf is, is gone. God says, I saw to things that you couldn't see to yourself. I will cause you to come back. Remember, he told the people of Israel, I will cause you to come back. So in Nehemiah's day, Jerusalem, it was all built up, it was prepared, it was ready for people, but the problem was that it was pretty much empty. We got this place prepared. It's all, it's all there, but where's the people at? 
God wanted Jerusalem to be filled with his people. Friends, when God prepared a place for them, he wanted it to be filled with people. John 14, 3, Jesus said, And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jerusalem was prepared, but there was no, not many people in it. Jesus prepared a place for us, and he wants to fill it with people. He wants to fill it with us. He's looking to bring his people that have, that have sinned and gotten lost. He's looking to bring us in. Eternal life has been all prepared up, and it's ready for you. God wants to fill heaven with his people. But the problem for some folks out there is that as of now, heaven is empty of them. Heaven does not have them. That brings me to a question. Have you given your life to Jesus yet? All of it. All of it. The Israelites, they had to leave Babylon, their place of captivity, to come back to their place of their ancestral inheritance. We saw it said that they were back in their cities. It does not say that they were still in Babylon. They were now in their cities. friends. You've got to come out of your place of captivity. The Israelites had to leave their Babylon, their place of captivity, to return back to the place of their ancestral inheritance. Friends, to be saved in Jesus, you have to leave your captivity in order to come to your inheritance. Inheritance is eternal life in heaven. You cannot have your inheritance and still live in your captivity. You've got to leave the former to come back to the new. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also trusted after you also heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, see there's the activator, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Your inheritance is where you should be. It's the place we lost. It's the place that the Lord has gone and prepared and built up and secured it and says, now I need to fill it. Just like Nehemiah, he built and prepared and he said, okay, it's prepared and ready. Now let's get people in here. Your eternal security, your eternal salvation has been prepared and built and secured by Jesus with the good track record that could do it. Now he wants to fill it. And the question is, Have you given your life to Jesus? That's your inheritance in heaven. Even though sin caused you to lose your right to claim it, all you have to do is ask for your inheritance. Remember the guys that were lost. You need to get in front of this priest and let's ask to get your inheritance where you should be. Back to your restoration is you need to get in front of your priest and ask him, inquire of him. And our high priest is Jesus Christ. Friends, we serve the God of Israel, who is also the God of our restoration. Psalm 34, 22 says, The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Isn't that good that the Lord God calls us back? He wants us back. I built this eternal salvation for you, and it's secured, and it's ready. It's ready to go. I prepared it. Now, where's all the people at? Let's get them in here. Oh, but my records have been lost. They're so lost. It's so far lost. I sinned so bad. That's okay. 
we'll put you in front of a priest and we'll ask God. Isn't that great? Guys, this is the gospel in Nehemiah 7. I'm a New Testament Christian. You kidding me? Some of the best gospel illustrations are in the Old Testament. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Oh, Lord, wow. You have done so much work to bring us back again. Lord, you have done so much work that was not even of us. Lord God, you caused it. I didn't cause it. I had no idea. I was lost. Lord, your people in the word here, they were lost. They were gone. They were captive. They had no power to build Jerusalem. They had no power to build the wall. They were out there. Lord, I, the Gentile, was out there. Foreign out there. Sinful out there. I was detached. And you did all this work to bring me back? You are certainly the God of restoration. Father, I pray on behalf of those who are realizing the work you have done for them. And for friends that we have that we need to minister this story to, they haven't realized how lost they are that we need to take them this story. Yes, we know you messed up. But let me show you in God's word where he wrote it down so that you can have hope, the promise of salvation. You have not sinned beyond God's grace ever. You can be brought back again. Friends, those of you hearing me on the radio out there, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad it's been. If you're sitting in prison, if you're sitting out there feeling like a foreigner detached from everybody, that you have blown it so bad that you are totally excommunicated and cut off from every good thing you ever had, I want you to understand, you need to get before your priest, Jesus Christ, and inquire of him and let God restore back to you what you never could do. Let him do that. He can. Well, there's no records. I don't have any. I don't have no right. Exactly. That's why we had these people in the story today. They had no right to nothing. But they asked that priest, and you know some of them got in. I'm talking to you, the one that felt feels lost beyond loss, hurt beyond hurt, pain beyond pain. God will cause you to come back. God wants you. Give him your life. Pray with me. Jesus, I did so wrong for so long. I know I wiped out everything that every good thing you ever had for me at one time, but Lord, you went off and did work ahead of me that you're calling me to. Thank you for that work you did. You did it on the cross. You came and you paid my penalty for me. Thank you. I don't deserve it. I realize the foreign lostness and identity lost and everything, records gone and everything erased and I, gone. But you looked out for me. And because you did, I give you my whole life, every bit of it. Take over. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And restore back to me the good things you have in store for me, better than what I tried to do on my own. I give you my life. You are Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good? Isn't God so good? I'm so excited to live in this world. This world doesn't have enough darkness to put out the flame I have because I've got God's promises. I know where I'm going, and I pray you know where you're going too. Amen?
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.